1: Christ was born in a manger so we might be born again. Jesus said in John three, you must be born again. You're born spiritually.
0: Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how that message is at the very heart of the Christmas story. Jesus was born so we might be born again.
1: And when you're born again, God gives you this amazing gift. The Bible calls it an indescribable gift. It's a gift of eternal life. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace how sweet the sound Oh you hear all the angels are
0: singing This is the day, the day when life begins The Christmas holiday focuses a great deal on a birth. A special birth to be sure. But the reason for Jesus' birth was ultimately for our rebirth. To miss that element is to miss the message of Christmas itself. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us consider the gift of God's son and how his payment years later at Calvary made it possible for us to be reborn as children of God. We'll open scripture to grasp the miracle of God became man.
1: Okay, let's grab our Bibles and turn to two passages together, Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. And the title of my message is, With God Nothing is Impossible. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son." And he will call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And I love this statement. When she simply says to Gabriel, "Uh, just a quick technical question. Um, How is this going to happen? I am a virgin. He says, yes, I understand. The power of the Most High will come upon you, and that what will be born in you will be the Son of God. And then I love this statement, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Am I talking to somebody now that is facing insurmountable odds? You have a huge problem in front of you. You don't see any way that you can resolve this problem you have. And I want to simply remind you of these words from Scripture. With God, nothing should be impossible. Right? Remember that. Let me shift gears now and talk about the unsung hero of the Christmas story. One who played a significant role but is often overlooked. And of course, I'm talking about Joseph. There's no songs about Joseph. We have Mary, did you know? What about Joseph, did you know? (laughs) Round yon virgin mother and child. Wait, wait, wait. Joseph was there too. He played a role. Listen to this. God chose Joseph just as surely as He chose Mary. And let me take that a step further. God the Father in heaven chose Joseph to be a stepfather, if you will, or father figure on earth for Jesus. That's a big deal. Who's going to be the father figure for Jesus? The father in heaven says, I'm picking that guy. Why do you think he chose Joseph? Joseph to me is like a salt of the earth kind of guy. He's a blue collar worker. He's a carpenter. This is a guy that chops down trees and knows how to put his back into a project. He frames houses. He, He builds tables. He's He's a a man's man. He's a responsible man. And he was the one that the Lord chose to have this important role in raising Jesus Christ. But you know, as you can understand, he he kinda wasn't buying the whole virgin birth story. (laughs) Mary comes and says, Joseph, I gotta tell you something. The angel Gabriel appeared to me and told me I'm gonna be the mother of the Messiah. I know we're a spouse, we're engaged to get married, so is that good? Uh, right. The Bible says he was going to put her away privately, which means he didn't believe it, but he didn't want to embarrass her or expose her. But his heart was broken because Joseph loved Mary. So what happens? An angel is dispatched to Joseph to give him this message, bringing us to Matthew 1, verse 20. While he thought about these things, we hold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And much to his credit, just as surely as Mary said, yes, I'll do it, Lord, Joseph said the same. How easily Joseph could have said, I'm out, no thank you. I mean, I'm honored you would want me to play this role, but, but come on, Lord. You, you think my friends are gonna believe this down at the construction site? And we're, we're living in Nazareth of all places, and, and when I tell them Mary's pregnant, but she's the, she's super, it's supernatural and they're, not, they're gonna make fun of me. The reality is Joseph went through his entire life with this stigma of being married to a loose woman. Mary had to go through life with effectively a scarlet A on her, being thought of as an immoral woman. On one occasion, the Pharisees said to Jesus, well, at least we weren't born of fornication. You know what that means, don't you? Well, at least we weren't conceived out of wedlock like you, Jesus. Those are fighting words. If we read after that, and Jesus killed them, we would say, amen. Yeah. well, he didn't. He, but that was the reputation he lived with. Oh, you were conceived out of wedlock. That's the reputation Mary lived with. The irony is, here's a godly person having to have a reputation like that. So it was a sacrifice. But remember, Simeon said to Mary and Joseph when they dedicated Jesus in the temple, This child will be set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and a sword will pierce your soul. What does that mean? That means it took Mary a while to completely understand who Jesus was, believe it or not. Because on one occasion she came with her other children. By the way, Mary and Joseph did have other children. Jesus did have stepbrothers and sisters. And they came to take Him away because we read they thought He had lost His mind. Even they did not fully get His mission. On one occasion Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem and they lost Jesus. How do you lose Jesus? They lost Him. Wait, didn't He glow in the dark? No, He didn't. (laughs) So they got back home and wait, where's Jesus? I thought He was with you. No, I thought He was with you. And they go back and where do they find Jesus? He's in the temple. He's a young man now. He's speaking to the elders. They kind of correct Him. Excuse us, son. We've been looking for you everywhere. And He sort of sets them straight and says, Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? (laughs) because He was doing the work of the Heavenly Father. And I don't think Mary fully understood who Jesus was until she stood at the foot of the cross and saw Him dying for the sins of the world and then saw Him rise again from the dead. But to their credit, they both said yes. It's great to have you
0: join us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. Today, we're considering the surprising reality for Joseph and Mary that the Messiah would be born into their family. It's from Pastor Greg's message, With God, Nothing is Impossible.
1: You know, Joseph, another thing I would point out about him is he did a couple of things that fulfilled Bible prophecies. Uh, An angel of the Lord spoke to him in a dream, telling him to flee from Herod to Egypt. Remember, Herod was murdering the little... Uh, Jewish baby boys in his attempt to stop the Messiah. And so Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus go to Egypt. And then the Lord tells Joseph, okay, return back to Nazareth. Well, Scripture says Messiah would be called out of Egypt and that he would be a Nazarene. So these things that Joseph did not only protected his family, but they actually fulfilled Bible prophecy, who knows why God directs us to do certain things? You know, I look back on my life and I think of certain decisions I made. Why did I make that decision? But then I look back and I see, wow, that was exactly what I should have done. In the moment, it didn't make sense to me. Like, why am I doing this? This doesn't seem to be the right move at this moment. I look back and go, that was the perfect move. Lord, thank you for guiding my steps. And, And they could look back and see the very same. Let me close with uh, three thoughts on why Jesus was born. Number one, Jesus was born. He came to this earth to give his life as a ransom for many. To give his life as a ransom for many. We don't like to think of that sweet baby growing to be a man and that man going to a cross and dying for the sin of the world. But the reality is that is why he came in the first place. He came on a rescue mission to planet Earth to save us from our sins by dying on the cross in our place. And we read in Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and give His life as a ransom for many. Number two, Jesus was born in Bethlehem to bring us life in all of its fullness, He was born to bring life in all of its fullness. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. You know, as Christmas gets closer, we get all psyched up about gifts that we will either give or receive. But we need to remember that life in all of its fullness comes from a relationship with God, not what's under a tree or what's in your bank account or any other physical, material thing. All of these things will come and go in time. But he was born that we might have life in all of its fullness. You know, people today are trying to extend their lives. Uh, I've read about billionaires that are, are trying to find ways to freeze their brains so they can be reanimated later. Uh, I read about one billionaire that was getting blood transfusions from 20 year olds, hoping that would extend his life. The unexpected result was he had a strange new desire to play video games all day long. He hadn't planned for that part. (laughs) Just kidding. But um, no, what I said was true. I don't know about the video game part. One last thing, though God sent Christ, who was born in a manger, so we might be born again. Christ was born in a manger so we might be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a religious ruler, in John 3, you must be born again. Sometimes people say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm just not one of those born again. I'm sorry. You must be born again. It's not a request. It's a demand. If you want eternal life, you must be born again. Oh, well, I don't even know what that means. It means that you're born spiritually. Well, does that mean being raised in a Christian home? No. That, that doesn't cause you to be born again automatically. There has to come a moment in your life where you say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe you died for me on the cross and I ask you to come into my life. Have you been born again yet? And when you're born again, God gives you this amazing gift. The Bible calls it an indescribable gift. It's a gift of eternal life. You know, when I first became a Christian at 17, the thing that appealed to me about following Jesus was I would find the meaning of my life. And I did and I found that. In these years I've been walking with Him. The eternal life part mattered to me but it wasn't the most important thing. But as I've gotten older and I'm closer to the end of my race than the beginning of it, all of a sudden that heaven part is becoming more and more appealing. Because I'm thinking, after I die, I will live forever in the presence of God in heaven. So this is a gift that becomes more precious with the passing of time. This is truly the gift that keeps on giving, that God has for all of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ. You might say, well, Greg, I don't know if I could really change. I've tried to change. I I don't know that I can. Well, you can't change yourself, but God can change you. You know why? Because with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I'd like to close now with a prayer and I want you to think about loved ones that you know out there who seem too far gone. I want you to think about the challenges you're facing right now. I want you to think about whatever obstacle is in your path and remember God is bigger than your problem. And I want us all to commit these things to the Lord because some of you have come to church today with a burden. You've come to church today troubled, and I want you to put this in the hands of God. And after we do that, I'm going to extend an invitation to anyone here who has joined us who may not have a relationship with Jesus. You know, I've been talking about being born again. Have you been born again? Is Christ living in you? Do you know that you go to heaven when you die? If you don't, you can know it today when you receive the gift of eternal life. Let's pray. Father, We come now with all of our burdens and all of our problems and all of our challenges and all of our questions and we present them to you. The Bible says we should cast all of our care upon you for you care for us. Lord, we cast it on you. We throw it over to you because you're bigger than any problem we will ever face. And we think of loved ones that maybe have wandered off and it seems like they'll never return. But we're reminded of this statement of Gabriel. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Bring those loved ones back to you who've gone prodigal. Bring those unsaved people to you. Extend your healing hand to those who need it right now. Wherever they are, Lord, you're our creator, you're our healer. Lord, we trust you, we look to you. For with you, nothing shall be impossible. Now while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're praying, if you've joined us today and you're not sure that Jesus Christ is living in your heart, if you're not certain that your sin is forgiven, if you don't have the confidence that you go to heaven when you die, I want you to pray a prayer with me right here, right now. You can pray it out loud if you like. But I want you to pray this after me. Just pray, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. But I know you're the Savior who was born in that manger and died on that cross and rose from the dead. Now come into my life. I want to be born again. I receive your gift of eternal life now. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And there are some listening who will mark today, this moment, as the start of their life with Christ. If you've prayed with Pastor Greg today here on A New Beginning and have meant those words sincerely, we want to welcome you into the family of God. And we want to help you grow in your faith. We'd like to send you something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge if you've prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, more good encouragement to prepare us for Christmas. Pastor Greg offers a message called, How to Have a Joyful Christmas. This is the day, the day Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called, With God Nothing is Impossible.